Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Good to be at the second service here at Grace. The eyebrows is a good story, Frank. It's a good story. We invented a new sport at the Sussler household on Friday night called an eyebrow singeing contest. Yeah. Is this okay if I tell the story, Frank? Yeah? Good man. Frank has a, has a gas fire in his porch. He decided to light it, sits on the table, and that was like an explosion. And I thought, who needs eyebrows anyway? You know? <laughs> What's the difference between the provisional IRA and Frank Sussler? The provisional IRA give you a warning. <laughs> Amen. Well, it was good to be friends with Frank all those years. <laughs> He's probably going to drop me into a meat grinder this afternoon. You think the ice engine was bad? <laughs> but no, we do a lot of laughing together, Frank, and he's a precious, precious friend. It's good to have become family over the years. We've journeyed together, and we've done some laughing together, some crying together. Yeah, life is very real, and we are called to be very real in the game of life. But God, but God, and but God, that's what makes all the difference in the game of life. I have a very brief message uh, this morning from Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12b and 14. Philippians chapter 3, and if you're particularly nimble-fingered, Isaiah 42. Philippians 3 and Isaiah 42. Since I have started ministering this weekend, there seems to be a, a kingdom thread Something of the heartbeat of God we're beginning to touch as the messages begin to blend together. We will look at that as we continue this morning from Philippians 3, verse 12. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has lay hold of me. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And very quickly, Isaiah 42, verse 9. Isaiah 42, verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This weekend at Beth Messiah, and then last night with the leaders of both fellowships, we explored the theme of uh, we explored the theme of the Lord doing a specific work within Milwaukee, uh, praying for the peace and seeking the peace of God for Milwaukee. 
Last night we had a State of the Nation address in Pastor Jim and Leah's home, and then we looked at where the church is at right now, where the nation is at, how the nation got there, where the church is at, how we got there. And I deliberately left the more personal details blank about what this means for Grace, for Beth, what it means for you and I. In some ways, this morning wraps up a three-message weekend where all of the themes are interrelated and woven together. This message this morning is called A Certain Sound. A Certain Sound. This is a very important message for the body of Christ. This is a very important message for as we wrestle with and begin to understand what a certain sound looks like, what that means to you and I individually, what it means to you and I as part of grace, then we can leave here in a strong place before God. We began by looking at Philippians. The Apostle Paul recognized that Christ Jesus had laid hold of him and that there was a pressing on to determine fully and wholly that for which Christ had laid hold of him. Likewise, when we dropped down to Philippians 3.14, Paul spoke of pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That theme emerging again of pressing, of pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul identified very important hallmarks of apostolic and prophetic truth. But he never fully explained how we know what to do and when. Isaiah 42 verse 9 takes us into the inside track of the psychology of God, how God thinks, how he sees, how he makes kingdom purpose real in your life and mine. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell ye, I tell you of them. So, as we ponder that, Christ Jesus has laid hold of you and I, as a press to continue that process. There is an upward call of God in Christ Jesus upon grace, upon you and I. Again, that theme of pressing towards the goal. There's a promise of a prize, a prize that we can achieve by fulfilling the upward call of God, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus upon our lives. But how do we get there? What do we do? Isaiah 42 verse 9 introduces us to the psychology of God. In so many ways, 
We are learning to think as God thinks. He's very happy to drop his thoughts into our consciousness so we begin to think the way he thinks. Behold, the former things have come to pass. That tells you and I immediately that seasons in God begin and end. Seasons of God for the corporate church. Seasons of God in your life and my, in my life. It's okay for a season of God to come to an end in our lives. I'm grateful for that. Otherwise, we would just be doing the same thing over and over and over again. Seasons of God have a beginning, have a middle, and have an end. And it happens in the context of everyday life, who we are and what we are in everyday life. But the Lord also promises that he will declare new things. He will bring to our attention new things. And before they spring forth, before they come to pass in our everyday experience, before they release us into a new season in God, the Lord commits himself to tell you and I of them. We've all lived in the reality of prophetic revelation. I assume many of us have had repeated prophecies spoken over our lives. We know the reality of journeying with a prophecy, hearing a word, questioning whether it was of God, our souls doubting it, going, no way, no way, no way. And yet, in spite of our initial apprehension, we begin to see that word not only come to pass, but changing the way we think about God and the way we think about ourselves. It's all about you and I hearing a certain sound. You and I beginning to go on a new journey carrying a certain sound. That innocent little phrase, that innocuous phrase, carries great gravitas for you and I. It carries great gravitas for the church. For I see that God moves repeatedly in the lives of people and people groups when they begin to hear a certain sound. I have discovered all the way through the Bible that human lives change when they begin to hear a certain sound. This is vital. It's important. From Martin Luther heard a certain sound in the 16th century before he had the language and was wrestling with this in his own mind and heart. He was beginning to receive a message that would restore the gospel of grace to the body of Christ, transform and profoundly challenge Europe, and then export that gospel of grace to the new world in the United States. And you and I hear a certain sound 
for the first time. Only God knows the ultimate fruit from what we consider to initially be more of a distraction than a sense of taking hold of God. I so believe in the corporate church. I believe in the fivefold ministry, gifts of Jesus Christ. I will qualify that more. I believe in the authentic fivefold ministry gifts of Jesus Christ. The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. I know there's counterfeits out there. I know there's very bad examples out there. I'm talking about Christ-like men who have gone the way of following the Lord into the gifts of Jesus Christ. Apostles in the last season have seeded the body of Christ, not globally, but regionally and with specific purpose in mind. They have seeded the body of Christ from great truths out of the book of Ephesians, great truths regarding the glorious church. The church is not a building. It's not a denomination. It's not a stream. It's not what we do at a human level together. This church is made up of human beings, and there's a physical building. Praise God for every one of you, and praise God for this physical building. However, this church is a reflection of the glorious church. It's upon the face of the earth, the glorious church that really joins with the saints in glory, with the earth division of the body of Christ. There's a much bigger heaven division of the body of Christ. So in a sense, we are an extension of the body of Christ in heaven, but we deal with human dynamics along the way. We've been challenged by the Lord sharing his dream called the church. God has a great dream for the church in a generation. And as we heard, apostles lay foundation from the book of Ephesians. God's voice was wooing us, saying, yes, be part of my dream. Apostles also helped us identify a position in Christ Jesus. Some experiences within the wider charismatic movement were not so positive, where many Christians were brutalized by damaged leaders. Many Christians were devastated by toxic church splits. Hardly a glorious church, and hardly, hardly an experience of finding your position in Christ Jesus. But apostles identified who we were positionally in Christ Jesus, that we could live more accurately upon the face of the earth. Ephesians 6 also identified the hierarchy and operation of the kingdom of darkness. You see the detail of it. We understood the ways of our adversary how he operates upon the earth. And it has been 
no surprise that the body of Christ is now becoming more proficient in the whole realm of spiritual warfare. We serve a victorious Jesus that's bringing down a defeated kingdom of darkness upon the earth. But the basic apostolic message of the church has transitioned from the book of Ephesians to the book of Colossians. We live in an era right now that almost exactly matches the detail of what was taking place within the church at Colossae. The church at Colossae was in a culture that lived by syncretism. That's a big word for a Sunday morning service. It sounds like a new dance. Would you like to take your partners to engage in some syncretism? <laughs> take your partners for the syncretism waltz. But in reality, syncretism is an, an insidious force ranged against the body of Christ from the culture um, with, and impacted the church in Colossae. That syncretism is really the tendency to regard other philosophies and religions as equally valid as Christianity. The church in Colossae came under that pressure to come under the weight of the culture and become weak, need, and mealy-mouthed and go along with really what was a multi-faith perspective. Paul wrote a powerful apostolic letter emphasizing the centrality of Christ Jesus and the supremacy of Christ Jesus. So, here you and I are alive in the 21st century engaging in the same situations. The culture in America today is incredibly similar to the culture in and around Colossae. Syncretism in the United States and its post-modern manifestation demands that we respect other philosophies and religions and give them the same weight as Christianity. So we need to come under that apostolic message. An apostle can develop Christ in us in a way that a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, and evangelist cannot. It's not necessarily a superior office. It's more what he is wired to do. And like the church in Colossae, we need to understand the centrality of Christ Jesus in all global history and the supremacy of Christ over all philosophies, over all religions, that our Lord has much to say about false gods that have spawned false religions on the earth. So, as Christians feeding off the multimedia church, do not be surprised if there's a revelatory flow coming your way from the book of Colossians. Make this your devotional manual for the next 10 years, and the Lord will attach you to apostolic voices 
that will expound upon what you're reading as you work through the book of Colossians. So important we know that we are living in an apostolic age of the church. We're living in a new prophetic age. The world is a place of multiple voices here, there, and everywhere. Many deceptive voices in the world, lots of destructive voices in the world. This same deception is seeping into the church. There's deceptive voices trying to find root in the church to deceive the body of Christ. You know what I mean. I know what I mean, but we will not address the subject full on. Perhaps I can go to prison for even hinting at this 10 years from now. So for you and I, the key question is simply this. What voices are we listening to? Look for voices that grow you and I up in Christ Jesus. Are you listening to voices that are growing you up in Christ Jesus? Are you listening to voices that increase your basic sympathy towards the values of the culture? The most pivotal question we can put to ourselves right now is around that theme of the voice. There's a new translation of the Bible called the voice. Get one immediately. It's a paraphrase, but it's incredibly powerful. Voices are you listening to in your devotional life? What ministries are you following? Are they growing you up in Christ Jesus? Or are they making you more soulishly dependent on them? This is a new era for ministry. Lots of ministries in the last season excited the emotions. We're more like cheerleaders. We were cheering on the work of God. That in itself is valuable, but it has, it has no eternal, it has no eternal benefits. This era of voices that God is releasing into the church is not designed to fire our souls. It's the voices are designed to feed our spirits. And you know what it means to feed your spirit. Your Christian life will never look the same again. Do you know that feeding your spirit is actually quite boring a lot of the time? That frees us up from religious guilt that we have to pretend to God we're excited about feeding our spirit. But the eternal benefits are absolutely massive. The process of seeding our spirit brings not only definition to our lives, but shuts out the voices from the world and releases within us a certain sound. A certain sound. I'm seeing a reformation taking place within the church right now regarding prophecy. 
prophets emerged in the 1980s and preached and brought prophetic words over multitudes of believers in an era of church life that was more individualistic than corporate. Now it's the other way around. The present move of, the, of God in the church is designed to build community, not build ministries, but build community. So prophets in the 21st century have a vision to build community with the prophetic anointing, to prophesy over churches in the communal sense. God doesn't need within the church anymore. One or two, or two or three distinguished prophetic voices. He is building prophetic community within local churches. And it begins to happen when people hear a certain sound. When the people of God realize they're hearing a certain sound and gravitating towards like-minded people, hearing the same revelation, not functioning on an exclusive basis, but interlocking with the wider expression of Christ Jesus in the local church. In many ways, the church has had a carnal mentality of seeking the Lord from earth and calling out to heaven. From earth, calling out to heaven. That's why there's been long periods in church life when nothing has really happened. When we're calling out to earth, to heaven saying, Lord, do this, Lord, do that. Get involved with what I am engaging with day after day. And instead, all we have known is silence. However, when our spiritual ears are caught towards heaven, whether we're hearing a little or whether we're hearing a lot, we're looking to pick up a certain sound from heaven. A certain sound from heaven. Instead of us putting words in God's mouth, he is putting his words into a spirit. This is how God operates. There's nothing new in this message, and that's good. Always beware of messages that have no historical linkage to the body of Christ, to your life and to my life. We only came to faith when we began to hear a certain sound. You know your story, I know my story. We're only here today because we heard a certain sound. Maybe the gospel message maddened your heart before it gladdened your heart. I can remember when I heard a certain sound from heaven in my own spirit for the first time in August 1982. A practicing alcoholic whose life was in chaos, hearing a certain sound that God was real, 
realizing that God gave purpose to life, peace in life. And I didn't have peace. I didn't have purpose because I didn't have God. Therefore, I needed God in my life to have peace and to have purpose. I was beginning to hear a certain sound. You were beginning to hear a certain sound as the word of the Lord stimulated your spirit. The same applies to kingdom calling. Pastor Jim, a very high level corporate um, manager with a stack of qualifications and decades of experience. A man at the height of his career knew that he had to transition out of corporate life and become a pastor in Grace Fellowship. Why? Because he started to hear a certain sound that wouldn't go away and the volume was only getting turned up. God was pumping up the volume. Do you remember that song? Pump up the volume, pump up the volume, pump up. Well, that's how God works within our lives. He doesn't play that song, praise God, but he turns up the volume of a certain sound. That's how the Lord operates within us. There's natural man doing Christianity on God's term, on man's terms, employing God's a man's principles. Then there's a Christianity that comes from heaven, where God works in our lives, where we end up doing things that are of God, based on the principles of God and the foundation of God because we began to hear a certain sound. The corporate church in America is beginning to hear a certain sound. Grace Christian Fellowship is beginning to hear a certain sound. I see a visible manifestation of that certain sound in the right-hand corner of the fellowship. Your left-hand corner, my right-hand corner, I don't have to ask what certain sound you have been hearing. It's on the wall in your mission statement. How does it work? We hear a certain sound from heaven and it develops substance in our spirit. It bugs us because it jars with the natural thought life. We think, is God trying to tell me something? Yes, he is. No, he isn't. We wake up the next morning, the substance is even stronger. We think, God is working in me. That's stage one. I'm carrying substance of something of the divine that I cannot put my finger upon. Stage two is the power of the sound, the power of the substance begins to open up our hearts to new dimensions. And it lacks clarity. In your thought life, you're thinking, I'm more aware of God. It's like I've ex discovered new dimensions of God, but I don't know what he's saying. Then the third stage is our thinking's been stretched. 
way we read the Bible begins to change. We're seeing God in the Bible rather than fulfilling religious obligation every day. Isn't it horrendous when we run through the Word of God as quickly as we can, say a few prayers, thinking this pleases God, and if we die suddenly, we say, oh, I did my Bible reading this morning. No, the, the Word of God begins to take on new dimensions, and we begin to think differently. We confront old mindsets, especially carnal mindsets, small-mindedness, or inner woundedness begins to be confronted in that process. But we begin to become sick of self, sick of petty-mindedness, grudge-holding, desire for revenge, having a jaundiced view of somebody rather than a kingdom view of somebody. God is stretching our thought processes and we're beginning to think, and this is all going on in our interior life. This is good. This is better. The final part of the process is our hearts are enlarged. Like a God space within has got a lot bigger, something of a dy dynamism at op in operation. And there's a sense of the presence of God that we've not known before. It's there. We have responsibility to unpack the sounds, to unpack the sounds, to find out what God's saying, to articulate in English what God has been doing in our lives, perhaps over many years. This is not a three-step process to engaging with and entering into a certain sound that's growing within us. It took Moses 18, 80 years to unpack, unpack the sounds with language he had been hearing in his spirit for many years. Even our Lord, well, it took him 30 years to unpack the sounds he had been carrying in his heart to engage, to engage in a very powerful three-year ministry. But there is language, language appertaining to the groups that we're called to minister to, language appertaining to the kingdom identity that we're called to walk in, language that releases kingdom authority in our lives. We can only give away to others something that God has worked into us, something of himself. Otherwise, all we're left with is a theology of God and a hypothesis that maybe God will turn up, maybe he will not. And then we have a backup theology to explain to people why God had never turned up in the first place. Unpacking that sound 
can grow and develop when we receive a personal prophecy that affirms and confirms what we are carrying. Unpacking that sound can take you and I to a place of catalytic conversion in our inner man, where suddenly a catalyst of kingdom life propels us into our destiny. God confirms a certain sound by the written word of God, by shaping and defining our lives and bringing forth from us a new kingdom persona. I'll never forget the night I had a visitation of the Lord in a home group in Scotland in June 1997. It was immense. It was powerful. I could look at people and God gave me a gush of prophetic revelation about that person. I prophesied at the end of the night over every individual in that home group. But when I stood up to prophesy, it was like I'd been doing this for decades. This was the first time I was going to prophesy over a group of people publicly. But in my interior life, it's like I've been doing this for many years. What had changed? I didn't know the language in those days. I had the experience. I didn't have the language. I was walking into a kingdom persona. When I turn up here on the platform at Grace, you don't want my personality turning up. You want to see the kingdom persona of a prophet manifesting. Likewise, when I go home to Scotland on Tuesday, my wife and daughter and dog don't want to see a prophet walking in the door. They want to see my personality walking in the door. Certain sound, a certain sound. Holy Spirit will bring this back to you time and time again. A certain sound that will transform your life, that will take you out of one career and into a divine calling. Frank Sisler began to hear a certain sound that wouldn't go away and the volume intensified. And Beth Messiah came out of hearing that certain sound. Rather than trying to do make gods on a fast takeaway basis, I encourage every person under the sound of my voice to relax and ask heaven to communicate a certain sound. It might not be today, but it will begin to happen. And if you're called to Grace Christian Fellowship, it will synchronize with a certain sound that is establishing the heartbeat of this church. I began to hear a certain sound about seven years ago. I became very disorientated in my interior life. It was the pattern that I shared with you earlier. I knew there was the substance of God. I knew that I was open to new dimensions. I knew my thoughts were being challenged and stretched. And then out of that came a calling to be a pastor 
with the assemblies of God in the United Kingdom. Brothers and sisters, here's the joy of this message. The joy of this message is simply this. We're hearing a certain sound. To be somebody we've never been before. To do things we've never done before. And the corporate body of Christ is hearing a certain sound. To become the body of Christ upon the earth which has never existed before, to do things that they've never done before, those greater works that Jesus promised we would do. Greater works that I believe, if I am interpreting, interpreting Scripture accurately, are part of the glory of the Lord surrounding the earth once more, before the return of Christ Jesus. I want to live in a vision of the glorious church. I want to be part of God's dream for the church and be part of a church that's entered into God's dream. And it all begins when we hear a certain sound I'm going to finish this message in a few seconds. What sounds are you hearing in your spirit right now? What dictates of your spirit are trying to push through your soul and say, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Go home and write them down. Go in the car and type them on your phone. Don't let the moment pass you're hearing in seed forum new sounds. It could well be within what you're hearing today could transform the entire state of Wisconsin over the next 10 years. Never underestimate the quality of and capacity of the certain sound that you're hearing in your spirit. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.